0: If you got your Bibles, go to 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4. We're continuing our study through 1 Timothy. Um, for those that are guests here, we go through books of the Bible, um, verse by verse, exegetical preaching, because I think that's the best way to do it. Um, let the Word speak for itself. And last week, we saw as God called us to immerse ourselves in God's Word, to persist in doing what God's Word called us to do. And and then we saw that we are to not neglect the gifts of God that He has given to us, and that we are to practice these things. and, And practice what? practice knowing God's word, studying God's word, letting it just be infused in us. In fact, I I went this last week and I just, I know we went somewhat of an overarch in verse 15 and 16, but I went back in and just, I drilled down deep into verse 15 and 16 and just did some word studies on this thing and it just came alive because The translation that I have says, Practice these things, immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. And and I went back again and I looked at that verse and I really got into the original language and I looked at some other translations and, and. when you read this in its entirety and see this, it's more than just practice. Because when you hear the word practice, you think of football, you think of guitar, you think of all you know, I'm just going out I'm doing I'm doing practice so that I can just get better at my craft, get better at my thing. This is not that idea of just getting better. The idea here is take great pains with these things. Not just practice them but it's it's almost a militaristic, military training practice. Know it. Get down deep. Take pains with these things. And then one translation said, be absorbed in them so that your progress is evident to all who see you. Take great pains. Dig down deep. Go further. Go further. This is much bigger than just practice. The idea here is take excruciating measures to get yourself to a place where you understand what God commands of you to understand the doctrines of the scripture. And this is not just well preacher that's your job. No no. This is this is for you as well to get down and know these things. This is for you to know these things as well. Absorb these Now, I understand that Paul is telling Timothy this as a young pastor, but he is to relay this to his people. Listen, you need to take great pains with the text. You need to take great pains in knowing the text. You need to absorb yourself. Absorb yourself like a sponge absorbs liquid. Absorb yourself in the teachings and the doctrines and the theology of Scripture. So that your progress is evident or plain so that everyone knows who you are. Who knows who you are. If the FBI did a report on you, could they find that you belong to Christ? Or is this just something you just do on a Sunday? I want to be honest with you this morning. I want to be a pastor of a church that is known for not just their consumption of the word, but rather not just consuming it, but taking it and doing what the word of God calls us to do. The word of God should cause in us a visible change. People say, well, Caleb, my, my faith is a private thing. Well, according to the text, no, it's not. Your your faith is not to be private. In fact, people should see that there is evidence that you have changed, that you're a different person. If, if somebody can't tell that you're really a Christian, other than you say, oh yeah, I go to that Baptist church down the street. That, that, doesn't, that doesn't cut it. Is your life different? Is your life changed? I want to be leading a church that reads this text and actually is moved to want to do something about what they're reading, not just consume it and then walk out the door. Not just to sit in rooms like this and be unmoved by the things of God. Like this is a fire in my bones, and as a believer in Christ, the Word of God should cause in you a fire in your belly to want to know Christ deeply. Like, this is serious. The things that we are looking at here, this is this is saying, this is how people are saved. This is how you're redeemed. This is how you're set free. James chapter 1, verse 22. So back to this idea of, well, Caleb, listen, pastor. It's a quiet, private thing that I just do in my house in my closet. I, people don't need to know about this. James 1, 22 says, Prove yourself a doer of the word and not just a hearer, who deceives themselves so here there is a calling in the text to prove that you're actually a christian there's a lot who say that they're christian but their lifestyle proves otherwise and the only person they can they're actually fooling is themselves because a lot of people they'll see you they know you oh i'm a christian oh i'm a christian Can, can i be honest There are many within the sound of my voice this morning who don't really know who Jesus actually is. You might think you know who he is, but the objective evidence tells us something completely different. And I don't say this from a position of arrogance or, hey, you got. I'm, I say this from a position of an absolute broken heart as a pastor because there are people in this room this morning who claim they know Christ but actually are self-deceived, according to James chapter 1, verse 22. They're self-deceived. They consume, they sit, they listen, and they file out of this room. I, like I said, this is my fourth year here. And some of you have been filing into this room Sunday after Sunday, unmoved by the things of God, all the while calling yourself a Christ follower. This should cause terror in your heart. You say, Caleb, wait a second. Only God can judge me. And you're absolutely right. And that should terrify you. That should terrify you. You come and consume and listen and sit and do the things that you want to do. Sunday after Sunday, listening to sermons and leave unchanged. By the time you get to your car, you're cracking a dirty joke. Or you're laughing at the things that cause God to die on the cross. You go to work, you go to school with a mouth that is just as vile as the pagans you're around. All the while you say you're a Christian. You file in week after week. You play video games on your phones. You scroll social media on your phones. And I can tell you this. If God himself was in this room, which he is, if God physically manifested himself in this room, nobody would be like, well, let me just, hold on, Lord. I'm going to, I got, I'm, hold. I got to scroll over here to Instagram real quick. You'd be on your faces. You'd be on your faces. You'd be captivated by who God was. You would not be thinking about all the things that are going on around you. Oh, you would take, oh, that we would take serious the time that we gather here in corporate worship. Paul tells Timothy that you're truly to be immersing yourself in the Word. Absorb yourself. There should be a noticeable difference. A dry sponge feels and looks different than a Absorbed wet sponge. They're just they're light, they're flaky, they, they got nothing they just they're blown by the wind, they're tossed to and fro, but those that are absorbed, the sponges that are absorbed are heavy with the things of God, and they cannot be moved easily. Like we, we've got to be absorbed by the things of God. Listen, dear Christian, you should look different. There should be progress, and people should see your progress. Do you love God more today than you did a year ago? And if you say, oh yes, pastor, I I do love him more today than I did a year ago. How in the world is that revealed? Do you fall asleep? in sermons that you scroll your phone that you talk like a sailor that you act like a lost pagan is that how it's revealed no it should look different you should look different and don't say you love God more if you can't give him just an hour you can't you give him listen it's not even an hour come on James tells us here we'd better be willing to prove ourselves in this But prove yourselves doers of the word, not just hearers who deceive themselves. There are millions and millions of people who sit in rooms, sit in churches every Sunday just like this and hear sermon after sermon after sermon and we think it's a TED talk. And we're just like, well, that was a good sermon, Pastor. That was awesome. That's great. But how how is the sermon going to change you to be different? How is the power of the Holy Spirit going to get inside of you and make you different from the inside out? There's no progress in so many people. And you're only deceiving yourself. The writers of Hebrews gives us further insight into this idea of our progress. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11 through 14. He writes, I'm going to read this in... uh, couple different translations because I think I want I want us to see the weight of this Hebrews chapter 5 verse 11 through 14 there is much more we would like to say about this and this that they're talking about is the gospel those who follow and trust Christ there is much more that we would like to say about this but it is extremely difficult for us to explain especially since you're spiritually dull and do not seem to be listening you have been believers for so long now that you ought to be teaching others, but instead you need somebody else to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You're like a baby who needs milk and can't eat solid food. Like that's shots fired. That's shots fired right there. Reading through all of this, it stirred my heart to want to go harder and want to go deeper for the things of God. That's what reading God's word should cause in believers. I've always said it. If you sit under gospel-centered preaching for long enough, one of two things is going to happen. You're going to leave, or you're going to get saved and get committed to the things of Christ. Those are the only two options, and I've seen both here. Like this is, I want to I study, and I want to learn, and I want to see myself more in love with Jesus this week than I did last week. And I want to see that as a visible change. I want to see that as something that just, it should cause the people around you to think something's off. Something's weird about this guy. When you lose the mystery, when the world no longer thinks you're mysterious, when the world no longer thinks there's something odd about that guy, you have taken the first step into worldliness. You have taken the first step into worldliness. When the world's no longer, hey, hey, get in here and just snuggle up with us. The world should be like, there's something about this guy. It should A, maybe repulse some of them, but it should attract some of them. But the world does not look at Jesus as a Christian should. And if you call yourself a Christian and yet you do not see any visible physical change in the way you act, the way you talk, the way you move, you may not be a Christian. I want to wield God's word with precision and accuracy. The writer of Hebrews continues in verse 13. He says, for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since they are a child. Like, here's the thing. You wouldn't give a kid... We wouldn't give Ren an AK-47 and just say, hey girl, have at it. Go pop off a few rounds. You're not just going to hand her an AK-47 without any training. Like, hey girl, get it. Go just shoot off an AK-47 with no... Super- just, just spin around all you want. And just pop, 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 pop. You'd be like, okay, we're going to have to train you. There's certain circumstances. This is, this is how it looks. But if, if I hand Robert... An AK-47. He should know how to, like he should at least know how to handle the thing. Like, alright, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be careful with this thing. I'm not going to just, you, what's the first rule of owning a gun? You don't point it at anybody unless you mean business, right? Right? Is that, where I, my, you don't point a gun at anybody unless you mean business. That thing stays away from somebody's face, or somebody's body. We should know how to, we're unskilled in the word. We're unskilled. We're we're just like little babes, little babies. Oh, pastor, I just need the gospel one more time. I just need to, I need to hear just the basic things of God. I don't really want to go deep. Like most people in church do not want to go deep into things because the deeper you go into the word of God, the more it reveals that we need God more. And so what we end up doing is we just want this surface level, motivational TED talk stuff that is not gospel-centered preaching, but rather it is this just... Manby pamby evangelifish, junk, spineless stuff. But if we are grown men and women, we should have some skill with how to handle the word. If you've been in church for a long time, you should know some stuff. Now listen, if you're here and you're a brand new baby Christian, I'm not talking to you. We're going to grow you up, we're going to help you, we're going to mold and shape and help you get there. But if you've been in church 40, 50 years and you're still like, I don't know what to do here. Can you teach me again? There's a problem. There's a problem. Like I said, I I don't want to discount that there's some kids in the Lord here. And if that's you, the text didn't point it at you. The text is pointed at those who have been in the church for decades and they still don't do anything. They should be serving. They should be teaching. They should be doing something. But they're not. They're not. They're not. And if you're serving and you know who you are, this isn't for you either. If you're like, Caleb, I'm, I'm neck deep in this thing. I'm serving. Awesome. This should be an encouragement to you to keep going. That's what it should be. Verse 14 of Hebrews but solid food is for mature people those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil so there's that idea of practice again that idea of digging deep digging deep they get their powers of discernment trained by constant practice they're constantly in this thing they've got they've got highlighters they've got listen there's nothing wrong or sinful to write and you want to write notes in your bible please you want to highlight in your bible please you want to take notes you want to really dig deep please like we're that's what we're trying to do here is give you guys the, the tools and the skills i want you to study the word of god without being around because if i'm dead tomorrow well, we're without a pastor what do we do well hopefully you got some men and women in the church that love the Lord enough that they've studied the word enough that you'll be alright amen because I, I can tell you from I can attest to this I've, I've seen it my dad pastored Trinity Baptist Church for 30 almost 38 years he dies that place is on the verge of shutting their doors Why? Because they got people that are unskilled in the word. They were relying on one guy. Oh, we got to just, just feed us again. Like people, like there were people that would, I remember this at Trinity. There were people who left Trinity. And they just said, well, it's just not feeling like I'm getting fed enough. But in reality, they wanted the party. They went to the church and I found out where they're going to church. You're wanting a light show. You're wanting to entertain. You're wanting, like, listen, if that's you, you want to get entertained. I, I'm not an entertainment preacher. I'm not the entertainment. I'm not the sing and dance song guy. I'm a Bible guy. I'm a word man because, listen, we better train ourselves like our lives depend on it because our lives depend on it. We should know the word as if our lives depend on it because it does. Practice these things. Constantly train yourself to know what's good and evil. You know why we're having such a struggle in the world today? And we're like, well, I don't know. Is that really evil or is that really good? Because if you knew God's word, you know. You could spot it a mile away and be like, that's wrong, that's bad, that's evil, that's wicked, that's good, that's awesome. Bring that in. Let's go. We'd know what's good. We'd know what's evil if we're studying the word of God because it tells us plainly what it is. And if you're filling up, if you're here and you're filling up week after week, and you're unchanged and unmoved and unrefusing to repent, God help us. God help us who fail to fall into to those who fall in the hands of a living and angry. Say, oh, God's you mean you think God's angry? Absolutely, absolutely. I think He is angry with sin. I think he is there is coming a day when we're the world is going to experience and see the wrath of God unfold on him on them. Right now we are experiencing untold grace and mercy from God. That's the reason we're just we're unmoved because we can just we we have sin in our lives, it's unrepented of, we have things that we're eh, life's good. Like I had a guy tell me that this week. I'm good brother, don't need you to pray for me. I'm going pray for somebody that really needs it. I'm like, bro, you need it. Bro, you need it. Because I need it. Because I need it. What, what's it going to take for us to understand this? What's the takeaway from all of this? We need to have a heart level revival. We need men and women who don't just say, hey, nice sermon. We need men and women to say, wow, what a great God. That's what a sermon should cause in us to say, wow, what a great God. I want to serve him. I want to trust him. I want to follow him. I want to know him. Not just the, hey, good job, buddy. Those are great. Listen, not saying that that isn't great. I love the encouragement. But man, how are you different this week than you were last week? What are you doing differently? Revival is when there is an actual heart transformation. When you're, not, when you're not conforming to the patterns of the world, but rather you've become a different creature. You've become something of an anomaly. Something that is different. Something that looks different. You're to be transformed from one degree of glory. You're to be transformed from one thing to another. Great illustration, I think. I want to help try to bring it home. Caterpillars. When they're caterpillars. They're in the ground. They're, they're on the, the surface level. They're eating and they're consuming and they're consuming. But there comes a point when those caterpillars get put into a pressurized chrysalis and they're growing inside of that thing. And when they come out, they become a butterfly and those, they begin to soar and they begin to fly. And here's the thing, as they're soaring upwards and going further and further, finding their, their, their solitude in the air, there are others, there are still caterpillars that are wallowing in the dirt and they crawl around on the surface level of things. And rather than soaring upwards, they look up at those things and they begin to mock. What are you doing up there? You look cr- What do you have on? You look like a moron with your wings like that. What are you doing? All the while, they're in the dirt wallowing around, just hoping for scraps, eating, just munching away. Like I said, there's a point in which we were all like that. We were all natural. Scripture says that in Romans that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have been there, but we're not, listen, it's okay not to be okay, but we shouldn't stay that way. Yes. It's okay. Listen, you come up here and you're like, Caleb, you don't know I'm banged up. Okay, great. Get in here and let's help you not get bang, be banged up anymore. Like, I want a church of people that are not okay. I want messy people. Get in here because, listen, we're all a mess. And if you don't think you're a mess, you probably ought to leave. Because I'm, listen, your pastor's a mess. I almost got it, I think I almost got an amen out of it. Is that it? But I can tell you right now, there's going to be people that are going to, the closer you get to God, there are going to be people that are going to be like, man, you. You've lost your, you've done lost your mind, Caleb. Listen, there are certain things I don't get invited to. Even within my own family. Because there's things that take place there that I would be like, well, we probably shouldn't do that. We probably shouldn't act that way. We probably shouldn't talk that way. We probably shouldn't do those things. Oh, well, Caleb, you're just a fuddy-duddy. No, I want to know God more. And if I'm in the midst of wallowing in the dirt with you, I'm missing out on the opportunity to soar with the king. And if I'm wallowing in the dirt, I'm finding neither substance or something of a higher level. Those other caterpillars might look at the transformed butterfly and mock it. And mock it. Because they don't understand. They don't understand it. We as Christians must have some level of progress. There should be vital or a visible difference that is experienced and that people see. In fact, that's what the text tells us here. We see in the text that you should take great pains. This is like a military training exercise. There's a military training to do these things to get in and pr- not just practice, but you're doing this as if your life depended on it. Pr- you pray, you don't just practice, but you go in deep. You absorb yourself, you immerse yourself in these things. Why? So that those that are around you will see that there is an evidence of your faith, an evidence. Simply put, you should belong to Christ. If you belong to Christ, you should look like you belong to Christ. And then we see, bringing it into a new light, verse 16. If you're moving forward in your faith, you're going to be watching out. You're going to be watching out what is happening in your own life and the things that are going on around you. Those things are going to come to a new light. Verse 16 of 1 Timothy chapter 4. Pay close attention to yourself and to your teaching. Persevere in these things. Don't give up. Don't give up. Keep pressing on. So here's my call for you, Christian. I know it's a struggle. I know we live in a hard time. I know we live in a fallen world. But keep getting up. Keep persevering in these things. As for you do this, you will endure and you will bring salvation not only to yourself, but those who hear you. Persevere in these things, the perseverance of the saints. We must endure. We must continue boldly in our faith. And those who do these things, these are the only ones that will be saved. There is no such thing as a half-hearted Christian in the kingdom of heaven. Revelation chapter 3 says that those who are half-hearted will be vomited out of the mouth of God. Now is the time to get things right. Now is the time to commit your life to Christ. Now is the time to repent. Now is the time to follow Christ. This is what we must do. Luke chapter 24 verse 47 says, and the repentance for the forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem. Today is the day we must stop playing the game. The game of religion. The game of looking like you've got everything figured out. Listen, you're not fooling anybody. You don't have it figured out. I don't listen. Your pastor doesn't have it figured out. That's why I've got, listen, if I don't stay connected in this thing, I got nothing. Like I'm not, like I'm not a a, a fancy speaker with some sort of like degree from whatever to do a TED, like I keep talking about TED Talks. Like this is the thing everybody, I got on, somehow I got on an email list. They're like, hey, do you want to be a TED Talk giver? And I'm like, (laughs) Number one, they, TED talks are 15 minutes. I can't do that. So, <laughs> number two, I'm going to talk about the blood of Christ. That's not going to be something that's going to be really accepted there. But I'm telling you, today is the day we've got to get honed in. If I don't have this, I got nothing. If I'm not connected into this, I am just. T- the Scripture tells us you're going to be tossed. To and fro by whatever doctrine, whatever wind of theology that comes up tonight. Oh, what are we going to have? I don't know. I watched a clip on YouTube the other day of, you remember when the Da Vinci Code was a thing? That movie is a dumb movie. Just look. And there are people that are like, oh, like in the comments section, oh, it just gave me goosebumps. I'm like, there are people that believe that junk. Why? Because they're not connected into this. If you're connected into the scriptures, you know false from true. You know the truth. Oh, that we would be a people that know the word. Oh, that we would be a people that long to know who Christ genuinely is.